G'day there and welcome to Podcast Within a Podcast. This one on AFL entitled Holding the Ball. And this is focusing on the AFL Round 2, which was completed on the weekend. And a few interesting games again um, and a few problems for some teams. There's no doubt about it. Some are already beginning to lag behind and we're only into Round 3 this weekend. So anyway, let's uh, get on with it and not muck around too much. First game of the weekend was the usual uh, bloodbath between Carlton and Collingwood. And this isn't the blockbuster of yesteryear, there's no doubt about that. But the game itself was an entertaining clash, uh, depending on which side you were following, I guess. Uh, Collingwood led almost from the get-go and on three separate occasions stretched their lead out beyond 20 points. But Carlton kept finding a way to claw their way back into the match, and they were really good. Uh, Brody Grundy picked himself up after the criticism he received from the first week for Collingwood. Uh, Jordan Degoe kicked four goals, and both Pendlebury and uh, Darcy Moore were again uh, brilliant for the Pies. And they condemned the Blues to yet another 0-2 start to a season. But despite that, I thought uh, Carlton, again, look like a team who are beginning to believe in themselves again, and they certainly are not the rabble that they have been in the past. Uh, they probably don't deserve to be 0-2, and two, whereas other teams perhaps do. So that uh, final score was Collingwood 106, Carlton 85. But again, Collingwood only got away at the end to make it that 21-point margin. Friday night's game... Uh, was an absolute beauty. It turned out to be an absolute ripper uh, between Geelong and Brisbane. And the feeling that came out at different stages on the ground was uh, was certainly proof of this. Having knocked the Lions out of the finals last season, Geelong hosted the rematch at uh, Cadinia Park, and they looked to be cruising to a big win until the Lions came roaring back in the final term to at one stage somehow snatch the lead. There were several chances that came in the final five minutes with both teams scrambling and a real eliminations final feeling. Geelong snatched the lead back late in the match, but it was the decision not to award a free kick in front of goals for holding the ball when it was decided that uh, the young Geelong defender didn't have prior opportunity that created discussion after the match with very few people believing the decision not to award a free was justified. Absolutely not. You can't tell me he didn't have prior, and uh, it, uh, it was fairly obvious that the uh, decision had been given to Brisbane. It left the match decided by a single point, with the Cats taking the chocolates, but I think the Lions, in that respect, were pretty unlucky. So the final score there, Geelong 81, Brisbane 80. The return of Buddy Franklin was the highlight of the game between Sydney and Adelaide, but the continued growth of the baby swans and the continued brilliant form of Adelaide's Tex Walker were stories on their own in the clash of the first round's two most unlikely victors. The swans were dominant through most of the match and showed that their first round form was not an isolated event, leading by 50 points at one point before finally settling for a 33-point victory. Franklin and Heaney kicked three goals each for the Swannies, while Tex Walker bagged another six to show that whether it's a late career boost or a change in the rules, that whatever it is, that he is still a force to be reckoned with. So Sydney won that game 121 to Adelaide 88.
Port Adelaide took on Essendon and the power have put the power into the word power with another scintillating victory. And this is, over again, over the hapless bombers at Adelaide Oval. Port Adelaide absolutely dominated with their lead increasing steadily throughout the match with little or no influence from the Essendon side. The Bombers lost Dylan Shule through the match, uh, which did hurt them, and Zach Merritt never stopped trying, but the power were just far too good. And they were the best team last season. They mightn't have won it, but they were the best team in the home and away series last year. They've recruited well. They've added Orazio, Fantasia, and Alir Alir to their list, and they will be there again at the end of this season. The Bombers, well, they may not have bottomed out yet. There may be still a little bit to go. Final score there, Port Adelaide 119, Essendon 65. St Kilda took on Melbourne at uh, Marvel Stadium. These two teams put on a great display of footy there at Docklands for the first ever spud game to honour the memory of Danny Frawley. Though the match was well contested, there were a lot of mistakes and a lot of loose footy, which hindered the quality of the game. Melbourne's midfield dominated, and it gave them the advantage through the important passages of play. There was only four points in the match at half-time, but the Demons did enough in the second half to keep the Saints at bay and ended up winning by three goals. So final score there, Melbourne 91, St Kilda 73. Gold Coast took on North Melbourne. Well, that's one way of putting it, because the Suns decimated the Kangaroos there at Metricon. Gold Coast side winning by a massive 59 points on Saturday evening. North Melbourne did look to compete early, but they had mental blanks and fade-outs, and all of those things contributed to the Suns taking advantage and making them pay on the scoreboard. The Suns do have a couple of injury concerns out of the game, but uh, they have shown that they, at least, are continuing to improve and, uh, and go in an upward sort of spiral. Whereas David Noble's job at North Melbourne is going to be a long-term one, and in order to rebuild and turn the club's fortunes back around, is going to take a lot of work and a lot of patience. And not sure the club nor the supporters have much of that at the moment. So the final score there was Gold Coast 98, North Melbourne 39. Hawthorne took on Richmond at the MCG, and three years ago, this would have been the absolute blockbuster of the round. But the Hawks are not the team they were. In fact, Richmond are now the team they were. Despite this, Hawthorne gave the Tigers everything they had, and a score flatlined for pretty much the middle half of the match, um, from sort of the mid-first quarter through to midway through the third quarter. The score barely changed at all. There'd be a goal one way and a goal back. Uh, and the Hawks were still in the game when they're only 17 points adrift late in the third quarter. But eventually the class of Richmond allowed them to pull away and seal the victory. Dustin Martin kept feeding Jack Rewalt today uh, on the day and gave him four goals, pretty much all assists from Dustin himself. Uh, but as, uh, the interesting part was that the Hawks actually led the disposal count on the day, and yet they just showed that they were unable to uh, do enough with the ball against this Richmond side. So final score there, Richmond 78, Hawthorne 49. In arguably the match of the round, the Western Bulldogs found a way to get over the West Coast Eagles in an absolute thriller. The lead changed nine times throughout the match, 
with three goals from the Eagles close to close out the third quarter, giving them a 12-point lead at three-quarter time. They led by 14 at the 10-minute mark of the fourth quarter before another comeback from the Bulldogs saw them get a goal in front. And then a final 10 minutes where goals and the lead were traded back and forth. The Eagles got two goals back and then they were a goal in front. And then the Bulldogs got two goals back. They were a goal in front. And then it got back to one point. And a late Eagles attack, when it looked as though they were going to score to seal the game, that was defended by the Bulldogs, moved the ball out quickly and got to the other end where Marcus Bontempelli was uh, on his own. And he marked the ball and kicked the goal to instead seal the game for the Bulldogs. But a terrific game of football and uh, better showed uh, how improved the Bulldogs are than perhaps last week's effort against Collingwood, which was much more of a a drag. This week they looked really good, especially with the ball handballing. They were fantastic. So the final score there, Western Bulldogs 100, West Coast 93. And in the final game... uh, it was an easy win for Fremantle at home against the Giants. And the final margin of 31 points is indicative of the state of the GWS team at the moment. I guess as good a win as it was for the Dockers, they really seemed to take the foot off the pedal in the final quarter when they, at one point, they were leading it by as many as 47 points. And they kicked 11 goals, 21. So they left a Damn lot of points out there on the field and something that they won't want to do against the top teams. GWS, on the other hand, kicked 1-9 in the first half and that really is endemic of their problems at the moment. After they got overrun by St Kilda at home in round one, this loss just continues to show that there are some big problems that need addressing at Homebush this week. So that is the end of round two. And now, here's this week's Talking Point. So we are only at round two. And the question I guess I'm asking of you and of myself a little bit is, is it too early already to be talking about the teams who are going to win this competition and the teams that are going to run dead last? Because after two rounds, you'd have to say that there are some pretty fair bets on both sides of the ladder. And down the bottom there, you'd have to say that uh, North Melbourne and Essendon are in big trouble, big strife as to how their seasons are going to progress. Both teams have new coaches. Both teams have squads of questionable depth and talent and both squads have some key injuries so to be able to recover from that in a season where we're getting back to some sort of normality despite what's going on in Brisbane at the moment where teams are going to be able to train and travel together and are going to be in a much stronger position than they were last year in order to try and keep their strengths to themselves, how do you come back from the two losses that these two teams have had in the first two rounds where they just looked lethargic, they looked overrun, they didn't look like they had any answers, whether it was up forward 
or through the middle or at the back, in the air, along the ground. These two teams, watching them first two rounds, you saw a lot of problems and, and no real answer to fix them with the players that they have. And you know, there are always teams like that. The great thing about AFL has always been in the past that you have to go to the draft to improve your team, and that does take two or three years to sort of find a way back from that. Now, that has now been offset with the free agency and all that kind of other crap that obviously players will think is a better idea, but I'm not sure that that's helping the actual competition too much. So we have a real problem where North Melbourne made the finals of, you know, five, six years ago now where they finished eighth two years in a row and went as far as they could. And Essendon have played finals in the last, well, certainly not last year, but in recent years. But again, only just falling their way into the finals and then to be knocked out. And they haven't really dominated as much as they would like to have because of that. So we saw North Melbourne building up under um, Brad Scott for quite a few years to get to the point where they made finals and then they they failed to use their window to even make a grand final, let alone win a grand final. Where, of course, Essendon have been struggling now for years since the uh, the drug scandal and uh, James Hurd's coaching and... Um, and John Warsfold's coaching, and they've not been able to find a way back from those problems to this point. But that's the question I'm asking is, is, is this season already, for these two, is, is it already a write-off? Are we already getting to a point where these teams need to start blooding some new players, some young players, and just finding a way to get these kids into their team so that they're getting some experience and some games under their belt before next season. Are we already looking to next season um, to try and make an impact? I don't know enough about it. I don't really know enough about their squads uh, and the the coaches to know if that's going to be something that they're willing to look at and whether the clubs are willing to say, yes, we understand this is going to be a three-year build at least before we can start challenging for finals again. Just go out there and do what you think is right. In the professional era, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, and I've spoken before um, about the amount of time that Nathan Buckley has had with Collingwood, for instance. No other club is giving any coach as much leeway as Collingwood gave Buckley in the years where Collingwood weren't challenging for finals. Uh, now, it's come up good for Collingwood making a grand final a couple of years ago. Whether people think it's a success or not, is up to their own opinions, but are these coaches going to get the same sort of leeway with these two teams to be able to do that? Uh, only time will tell, but I would say at the moment, if you're looking to pick a 17th and 18th team this year, uh, the Kangaroos and the Bombers are probably the two you're going to go for. Watch Essendon get up and beat Collingwood on uh, Anzac Day now. At the other end of the table, it really does appear that there are two main Teams and that's Port Adelaide and that's Richmond. Um, Richmond just keep on keeping on, and they are very much in the mould of uh, what Hawthorne were like uh, through the previous decade, uh, who 
won three in a row. They won however many it was, five or six uh, all up over that period of time. Richmond looked like, I mean, they've won three of the last four. It would take a very strong person to try and bet against them not being at least on grand final day again this year. Um, They look strong. They have a great squad, a good coach. Um, Even with a little bit of scandal in the off-season, they seem to have just sort of swept that aside and they've come out at the start of the season firing on all cylinders. And even though they're not blowing teams out of the park, like they haven't, they didn't uh, get away from Carlton to the last quarter in the first round, they didn't really ever put Hawthorne away uh, this weekend, but they were always in front. They always seemed in control. Uh, So they just appear to be just going to keep doing the getting the job done every week, and then we'll see how they go when they get to the business end as to whether they really need to to you know put the foot down and, and go even harder. Port Adelaide, I think I think I said earlier, they were the best team all last year, and they looked like the best team last year. And they've started off this season in pretty much the same way. They've dominated. Um, they've again recruited really well. They've recruited like a team that knows they need to win a premiership this year with the way they performed last year. And so they're getting Fantasia and getting Alir, uh, two very good players, bringing into that squad. They're going to improve that squad. Um, is it a long-term thing? It's hard to say. I mean, it could well be. They could well be looking to build um, a dynasty much like Hawthorne and, and Richmond, uh, and you wouldn't put it past them. But the first thing they've got to do is get to the grand final and then they've got to win it and then they've got to back it up next year. But at the moment, they look like they haven't lost anything from last season. Uh, Obviously, losing that uh, prelim final to Richmond last year would have been tough for them and their supporters, but they looked like they put that behind them and they've come out strong. Now, even it's only the Bombers on the weekend that they've beaten Um, and we'll see how they go this weekend. but are there, are there any other teams there? Are there any other teams challenging those two? Like people will say, well, Geelong is still in it and, and Brisbane should still be in it. West Coast is still to be talked about. I'm not going to deny any of those three teams are well and truly going to be competing at the top of the ladder. But are they good enough to beat these two teams when it comes to the end of the, end of the season? At the moment, after two rounds, Bill, yes, I know it's only two rounds, I just don't think they are. So the next month will be really interesting in that, uh, if these two teams get away. Then no one's going to go through the season undefeated. That just doesn't happen anymore. Um, but when you're looking at form for the top and the bottom of the ladder at the moment, I think we have four teams who are well and truly locking their positions in. Ground right on the boundary line. Back to Mullane, likewise. Dacos nearly runs out of room. So what's happening this weekend? Well, it's the big Easter weekend, so there's plenty of footy to watch and some pretty reasonable games to come up too. Um, Thursday night, which is the sort of now traditional uh, Easter Thursday game, uh, Collingwood and Brisbane. Of course, this was set down for the Gabba, but uh, that has been canned because of the COVID outbreak up in Brisbane. So we're travelling down to Docklands and uh, Brisbane will get the home game in round 22 instead. Brisbane uh, 
have had, as we've said, lost to the Swans and they've now lost to Geelong by a point. Collingwood lost the first round to the Bulldogs, got up over Carlton. It honestly would not surprise to see Brisbane win this by about 30. I think Brisbane are still in a good place. Everything they've gone through this week will, will make it difficult for them, you know, coming down, thinking they were just coming down and flying home and now suddenly stuck in uh, Melbourne for a few weeks. Uh, Collingwood will be in a better place having uh, gotten up over their traditional rivals last week and hoping to do uh, better this week. I, well, you know what, Collingwood are favourites at the moment, eighty as against $2.05. I'd be having a little crack at the $2.05 on Brisbane myself. Friday night, well, we've got Friday afternoon and Friday night because it's Good Friday. So the Friday afternoon game is North Melbourne against the Western Bulldogs, and that also is at Dockland Stadium. Doesn't look like an exciting game on paper. Uh, you would expect the Bulldogs would come away with a comfortable victory, currently at $1.07 as against $8.50 for North Melbourne. Maybe the Kangas will stand up and surprise everyone, but... Uh, you'd really be you know, struggling to uh, to get, put any money on the Kangaroos. I think the Bulldogs will win that easily. On Friday night, we have Adelaide taking on Gold Coast at Adelaide Oval. So here's a, a very interesting game. Adelaide, of course, won their first game at home against Geelong, lost fairly heavily against the Swans away, whereas Gold Coast got up on the weekend after going down over in uh, Perth, the first round. At the moment, the Suns are the slight favourites, $1.81 against $2.04. It's a pretty open game, to be honest, and as long as the Suns can contain their injury problems uh, and continue their form from last week, you would think they're a really good chance of winning this game. It's a toss of the coin. Um, look, let's just go with Tex Walker kicking eight goals and the Crows getting home by two points. How's that sound? On Saturday, we have three games. Uh, we have Richmond taking on the Swans in the afternoon game at the MCG. Swans have been really good so far. Um, and, of course, Buddy being back always helps them. Uh, and their young blokes are going terrifically well. Richmond look like they're just cruising in second gear at the moment and just doing enough. It'll be a good test for both teams in different ways. So it'll be a good test for the Swans against the, the, the reigning premiers to see exactly where they stand after two rounds. And for Richmond, it'll be interesting to see if they need to push themselves harder than they have so far to get up for a win. I think everyone's going to be backing Richmond. They're paying $1.26 as against three ninety. The Twilight game is against is between Essendon and St Kilda, and that's at Docklands again. Um, it's a it's an evenly matched game. Again, you would expect St Kilda will get up in this game, uh, despite the disappointment from the weekend. I think that uh, Essendon are really struggling at the moment and they're usually going to save up all this sort of angst and anxiety and will to win for the Collingwood game on Anzac Day as they do to us most years. Uh, I think St Kilda, you know, the odds at the moment, twenty-seven as against three eighty, pretty much tells the tale. I think St Kilda will win this game too. And then on Saturday night, we've got a barnstorming, brilliant game over there at Optus Stadium in Perth, West Coast Eagles against Port Adelaide. And I think this is going to be just an absolutely fantastic game. The Eagles were terrific against the Bulldogs on Sunday. Uh, not that they, they didn't deserve to win necessarily, but they certainly didn't deserve to lose. 
and obviously Port Adelaide who are on a streak. Again, they will be looking to we'll be looking to see how they go against better opposition and away from home as well. That will be um, a really good test for both teams, and both teams will find out a lot more about how they're travelling this season after that game. Like on a, well, I think Port Adelaide are the best team in the comp at the moment, so I'm going to have to tip Port. Sunday, we have Carlton taking on Fremantle at uh, Docklands, which is getting a, a fair old hammering this weekend. Um, Fremantle, were, like I said, were good against the Giants. Um, Carlton, at 0-2, they're probably a bit unfortunate to be 0-2. I thought they were pretty good in both their opening games. So I'm going to back Carlton to get up in this game. Uh, it's a long flight for the boys from the, the West to come over. I think Carlton will be up for the game. They know that they really need to win this, these kind of games if they want to start putting themselves up there as uh, possible challenges for finals. This is the kind of game they've got to win. Um, they are favourites, uh, and uh, I think they'll get up and do well. Sunday night, we've got GWS Giants playing Melbourne, and that's at Monica Oval in Canberra. Um, and Melbourne are the favourites, and Melbourne have played well, and the Giants have not. And the Giants are going to have to find something amazing to turn around their current form. Um, I don't like to uh, tip against the Giants, um, so I'm not going to. I'm going to tip the Giants to turn it around. Currently 0-2, and I'm tipping them to upset Melbourne Demons on Sunday night at Canberra. And if you ask me why, I can't really give you an answer. And the Monday game, which is the uh, typical... Easter Monday game, which will once again be an absolute beauty, is Geelong and Hawthorne. And at the moment, even though uh, Hawthorne are on a bit of a slide from the past decade, these two teams have played against each other, uh, you know that they're going to be up for this game. You know that they're going to uh, fight hard to continue their recent good form over Geelong. Um, I think they will be better than they were last week against Richmond. I don't know if that's enough to beat the Cats. It'll be very interesting. It's at the MCG. It's not down in Geelong. Um, let's go for a draw, just for fun. So that'll be a draw between Geelong and Hawthorne. And remember, if that actually happens, you heard it here first, and the evidence will be on this podcast. We're only two weeks in, but let's have a quick look at the ladder just for fun. Uh, all the teams unbeaten so currently are Port Adelaide, Richmond, Sydney, Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs all on eight points. Making up the top eight on percentage, Gold Coast, West Coast and Fremantle on four points, also on four points, Collingwood, St Kilda, Geelong, Adelaide and Hawthorne. And all those without a win so far, Brisbane Lions, not for much longer you would expect, Carlton, GWS, Essendon and North Melbourne. So there we go. That's this week's podcast. Uh, thanks to all of you who have uh, bothered to tune in again and listen to a bit of 
AFL from the weekend and uh, hear some of my ramblings about my thoughts. If you enjoyed it, I hope you'll tune in again next week for what should be another wonderful program on Holding the Ball. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Cheers.